Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Ben and Brian, your hosts here. Today we have an awesome topic for you because we think it is something that we want to share with you so that you can keep your friends and family safe when enjoying the outdoors. So we're going to share how we uh, protect ourselves from outdoor pests, mainly ticks and mosquitoes. We get asked about it a lot, so we're going to share what we do, what we do um, for our patrons when they're on our programs. We don't make them do it, but what we offer to them. Yeah, we definitely offer. You know, ticks and mosquitoes are a pest, a nuisance. They bring fear to people. They're actually a reason why some people don't even go out hiking and backpacking because they're that scared of ticks and mosquitoes. Absolutely, and, and I think that that fear comes around that they think that every time they're going to get bit, they're going to be sick, right. and that's just not true, and we'll address some of that as we go along. So, Ben, let's, let's talk about what we do. How do we prevent ourselves from being bitten and, and being sick? You know, preparation, so thinking about where I'm going before I go there, looking at what kind of clothing am I wearing, dark or light-colored, also then am I taking a product that I can buy that's going to repel them or kill them. Right. So, you know, everybody knows off and repel and all those things that are out there. Um, most of the time, people show up to our programs with their with their own. Um, and we usually take a second to share some things with them that we're about to share with you, mainly being that what these products say they are, they're, they're not really. Sometimes they're not. Right. People even went as far as making their own homemade products. Correct. Right. So... We're talking, um, what I want to talk about is permethrin. Permethrin is what you and I use. We encourage the use of permethrin over almost anything else. Yeah, most of the stuff you're going to buy, the most common is DEET, D-E-E-T. And that's in like all the off, all the deep woods, everything that you're going to buy. It's going to have DEET in it. Repel, that's another Repel, and the main difference between DEET and permethrin that we're talking about is that one is a repellent. And one is actually a pesticide, meaning it is going to kill mosquitoes and ticks that come in contact with it. Right. And so we think that's a better strategy than just trying to keep them away. Repellents, basically, um, it'd be like if I got sprayed by a skunk, you're not going to want to be around me. I'm repelling everyone, right? Exactly. So these things that we're putting on us, the smell of them is harsh to mosquitoes and flies and all these things that are going to come around us. And they only last for so long. So a lot of times when you go buy DEET, say you're buying off DEET and it says 40% DEET, that does not refer to the strength of the DEET. No, because there's 10% DEET, then you just said 40% All the way up to 100. Yeah. yeah. And, and what that's referring to is not the strength of it because DEET is DEET. Mm-hmm. It's referring to how long it's going to last. So uh, 10% DEET, you're going to have to apply a lot more often than you would say 50 or 60% DEET. Right. And that applying, that that's the pain of using that product is mm-hmm. you do have to keep applying it a lot. I mean, I'm going to say within 30 minutes to an hour, you've got to keep putting more on for it to repel. And, and an answer I've always looked for but never found with DEET is can you put it on your skin? Because I've seen some products that say don't put this on your skin and others say spray it directly on your skin and you see parents spraying it in their kids. Close your eyes, spraying it in their faces. I'm not going to do that. And Ben, your main reason for not doing that is you're allergic. I am allergic. I didn't know that until I got older, mm-hmm. so I, <clears throat> I formed some allergy to it. DEET was created by the U.S. military in the 1900s. I think it was 1946. And so 
they needed something to protect them while they're going out from right. mosquitoes into and ticks. The, mainly into the jungles. Into the jungles, right. And in creating that product, it's not something naturally you're going to find, a man-made product. Um, it works, and there's a lot of studies on it, but what's crazy is as you get to looking at all these studies, you have different viewpoints like you were sharing. Some people say this stuff works, it's awesome, it's safe for you, it's mm-hmm. safe for your kids. Then you have a flip side of saying, no, it's awful, it, it can harm you, it can harm your children. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We could right there stop with talking about DEET and say, quit using it. Right. Because we have found that permethrin works for us better and appears to be even more safe. And I just want to be clear because a lot of people say, well, permethrin, never heard of that. You can buy it off the shelf uh, at Walmart just like you can DEET. There's going to be a whole bunch more options of DEET, and you're going to find it in more places. Uh, where you and I were somewhere the other day... Uh, Oh, the farm store. We were mm-hmm. at the farm store, and there are several options of bug spray. Mm-hmm. None of them contain permethrin. So right. we, I just would not have bought anything there. But I know what I buy is usually from Walmart. Yeah. So it, it is available for you to go get. It's not something you have to get online or it's a special thing. It is available. Yeah, and there's a third. You tell us what the third. Yeah. Picaridin is. is the other one that you're going to see. Um, but like DEET, that's also just a repellent. So you have two repellents, and then we have what permethrin is, mm-hmm. which doesn't repel. It actually kills. Correct. It's a pesticide. It is a pesticide. So, so uh, mun- municipalities and cities, um, some pl- people probably live in places where they've seen the fogger, the vehicle drive around in fog. Um, that's permethrin. They're, right. they're, they're spraying permethrin. Right. I've even found in stores, you know, we'll say Walmart, mm-hmm. they carry DEET bracelets. So bracelets that you can put on your children that are supposed to repel mosquitoes, basically. Um, So with those two, we're talking ticks, mosquitoes today. That's the two that that we're looking at because you and I come in contact with them a lot being in the outdoors. I know that a lot of people listening may keep them from wanting to go outside because of that. We can get into citronella candles. People do that out there. But for what we use... I can't do citronella. (laughs) I think I'm allergic to it. I mean, my eyes swell up. I start sneezing and coughing like crazy. I can't be around that stuff. Right. And you, to me, I'm like, well, something that makes you do that can't be good for you. Well, it could be, you, you may be sensitive to that. There may be people sensitive to those, just like I am to DEET. Right. So I went bass fishing one night. We were actually going to do an all-night bass fishing trip. And I remember it was a hot, muggy night. I mean, it was nasty. And because of no wind, no breeze, the mosquitoes were just hammering us. And I grabbed a can of DEET, so it's probably off. Yeah, know, whatever repel, it was, whatever, it was DEET. It was, yeah. it was DEET, and I sprayed myself head to toe. So I started at the top, held my breath, sprayed head to toe, had my buddy spray my head to toe on the backside. Went all night long. It was an awesome fishing trip. We were still getting attacked by mosquitoes, even though we had this on. Mm-hmm. We weren't reapplying it like we were supposed to. When I got home the next morning, got in the shower... When I got out, I started itching, literally from head to toe. I was laying on the carpet just trying to scratch my back, and that's when I broke out in hives. Yeah. And that's as severe as it got for me, but I decided I'm never going to use that again. You know, they, they kind of put a fear in me of what is it doing to my body? What is this DEET doing to me and causing me, my body, to do this? So since you're kind of sharing your least favorite thing about DEET, what it do, does to you, my favorite thing is what it does to my stuff. 
I should say my least, favorite, least thing. favorite thing. My yeah. least favorite thing is what it does to my stuff. Your so gear. Any, my gear. Anything that's made of plastic de- eats the plastic. It will destroy it. Sometimes you've probably picked up a bottle and that plastic cap, it's kind of melted. It's not from heat. It's from the dang chemicals that's inside chemical. that. And mm-hmm. I'm in my mind, I'm just like, I, I don't want to put this on me. I don't want to put this on my kids. I don't want to breathe it. Um, so if you get it on a tent or a backpack or anything that is made Your of... rain jacket. Rain jacket, rain anything coat. that's made of plastic. Mm-hmm. It can ruin that stuff. It melts it. And and that, that cannot be a very good feeling because, as a lot of you know that enjoy the outdoors, a lot of your favorite equipment, uh, you've worked a lot of hard, hard hours for to be able to afford to have that. Right. And we want to protect our equipment. There are people that use DEET and will continue to use DEET. You know, there are doctors that say from a, uh, a kid older than two months of age and up is safe to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, there's not clear information on how harmful is it or how safe is it. There isn't a lot. You're going right. to get both sides. But just naming those two things, the reaction that I had to it, plus majority of my camping equipment that I'm hiking in is plastic. Yeah. So let's make our case for permethrin here. We've already said that it's an actual pesticide, so it's going to kill. Um, and I've found a lot of ticks that have come to me. And even though they may have got on me, I'll literally find them them dead on me because they make contact with it yeah um what i love about permethrin is that you apply it to your clothes Mm -hmm. and it actually binds with the fibers of your clothes so that prevents it really from soaking into your skin if that's something you're worried about that more holistic side um they use permethrin to treat scabies on babies Yes, And that permethrin that they're using is a 5% lotion. And the stuff we're putting on our clothes to keep the ticks and mosquitoes away from us is actually like a 1%. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's safe enough at a 5% solution to put on a baby to create scabies, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, And your body, it's proven, is going to absorb permethrin a lot slower than it is DEET. They even use it on pregnant women. Pregnant women that have scabies, they put permethrin on their skin. Yeah. Yeah. When you read a DEET can and a permethrin, both state do not apply it to mm-hmm. directly to your skin. You know, they both state that. And I think that's them to protect themselves. So we want to follow their rules, what they say. So don't put it on your skin. But looking at the difference between DEET and permethrin, permethrin is going to stay attached to your clothing for, they say, up to six washes. Yeah. You wash your, once it's treated, you can wash your hunting clothes for a couple weeks and still be able to use them and still be protected and not have to do it every time. That's because it's actually binding to the fibers and your clothes and it's not eating your plastic. Right. So my hiking boots, even boots are plastic. Yeah. Parts of them for sure. Yeah. Even my hiking boots, I spray those every time we go out. I don't Mm -hmm. wash my boots. So I've got a good layer going here. Got a good, good coverage. Yeah. But you know, socks, that's another one. I wear really long socks, tall socks. And so I'll soak those in permethrin let it dry, put them on, and again... I say so you should treat always treat your clothes before you put them on, is what yeah, you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. and, and a, you know, treating your clothing is an awesome way to defend you and your kids. Your kids, put your clothes in a soak. They, they sell it different options. You can soak your clothes or you can spray it. I prefer to spray, but I have found the soak seems to, um, you know, be more efficient in covering all of my garments, everything. Yeah. You know, the spray, that's something that you and I carry as we go out to programs. We'll offer to people, hey, do you want us to put this on your shoes, on your pants? Mm-hmm. And we definitely will. Um, some people say no, and they step off to the side, and they spray themselves down with DEET. Yeah. You know? 
Um, but you and I are going to stay clear of that. And that's why we want to bring this education in that DEET will, mes- will melt your plastic. So your tent, do not put it on your tent. Whereas permethrin, you can put a coat on the outside of your tent, let it dry. And now your shelter is, is being protected as well. Yeah. And I, I do want to be clear that all of these chemicals are neurotoxins. And that actually is why they work on insects. That's mm-hmm. what they're designed to do. So if you abuse and have chronic use of any of them being absorbed into your body and you use them incorrectly, they can be neurotoxic to you. Um, I just want to put that out there that it's it's up to us to educate ourselves on how to use them. A couple more things I really like about permethrin. Another is that uh, it belongs to the family of pyrethroids, which is actually an organic compound that's derived in plants and flowers of the pyrethrin plant. So rather than being a man-made, it's not a synthetic thing like DEET. It actually is an organic material and may not even be a good thing, but it somehow, it makes me feel makes better. Makes me feel better, yeah. It makes me feel better, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the best thing would be to use nothing, mm-hmm. right? If that was an option, use nothing. Right. But we do want to protect ourselves, and so we're going to manage that risk by which risk is worth. Getting right. the diseases or from ticks or mosquitoes or what may possibly happen to me. You know, when you talked about DEET, DEET only repels, as we've shared, but what it's doing is it's, it, like, let's say a mosquito, for example, it messes with its receptors. So its antenna, its mouth parts, when it comes in, into contact with that DEET coming off of you, you know, this, it's like a, a, a cloud layer, a smoke layer that's, that's against you, and as they come into contact, it freaks them out, mm-hmm. they go away. Correct. So it isn't killing them, it's just repelling them, Right. I want the thing to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> you come after me, you pay yeah, the price. <laughs> you're going to pay the price. And and you've already shared this, that you have found dead ticks on you. I have, yeah. That's what's so... I, I love permethrin so much because I have... It, it didn't keep the tick off of me. It didn't repel. But it may not have made it up my shoe and it died there. But if it does continue on and it gets onto your skin, mm-hmm. it's still coming in contact with all that clothing with that's soaking permethrin and definitely can kill i have found them also attached to my skin and dead right so you'll find them those ways and they would have had to make contact with what the permethrin and then bit and then died as they're correct they're not they're not dying because they bit you because it's in you they're dying because they made contact with correct close right um if you don't need to use any of this then then don't and some people some people have never had a tick. They don't live and go in areas that they are exposed to it. Then I would then I wouldn't use any of this. Like Ben said, the the best case scenario is you're not using any of this. Um, with DEET, some people will find they're not as susceptible to be bit by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes actually prefer. A lot of studies confirm this. Different people. Mm-hmm. You'll hear people say all the time, "Why are you getting bit? I think mosquitoes love me. I must smell sweet." Well, that's true, and it's not your perf- perfume or your shampoo. They prefer people with different blood types. They actually prefer women over men. And they actually prefer pregnant women over all of that of certain blood types because pregnant women are exuding more carbon dioxide, over 20% more carbon dioxide than, than other humans. So ticks and mosquitoes are both attracted to lactic acid that's coming out of our sweat pores and carbon dioxide that we're exhaling. So when you're out and you're hot and you're being active, you're exhaling a whole bunch and you're sweating, that's when these things are really coming and finding you. Right. You can't always avoid ticks and mosquitoes. You no. can't. I love the outdoors. You listening, I hope you love the outdoors. Don't let these ticks and mosquitoes scare you. We do have permethrin 
We do have DEET. Mm-hmm. They work for you. Use them. However, use them moderately for sure. But if you're not going to use them, there are some ways, some things that areas that you wouldn't want to go. Right. So plan ahead and think through if if you are going off into the deep woods. Right. Ticks are found in different areas. Mm-hmm. They're not just right outside your front door waiting to pounce. Right. You know. Um, with that being said, ticks actually have a I'll call it like a hook for a foot. Um, another comparison, Velcro. Yeah, like built-in Velcro they've got, yeah. Built-in Velcro. And as you're walking by that plant, rub up a plant, tree, whatever that is, a bush. If they're on that, as you come in contact with that, they can literally hook into your clothing, and now they're on you, mm-hmm. right? So avoid those areas where you may have some higher tick populations. Ticks love moist. Yeah, moist, uh, shady. Yeah, shady, like that's shady the word areas, Moist and shady areas. High, High sun, dry areas are not what either of those species are looking for. You know, anywhere that if, if I'm walking down a game trail, um, anywhere that maybe a fox, a coyote, you know, anywhere they've been running and going, if I'm walking along that same trail, I'm probably going to be picking up ticks. Yeah, they have to live where there's hosts. They have to have hosts to live. And that's what you're going to be if they stay on you for long enough, right? And them being on you doesn't make you sick. It might give you the heebie-jeebies and freak you out. But it's, it's not until they actually then bite you and begin to suck your blood that you can begin to have problems. Right. And with ticks, the the most important thing you can do, besides even in per, putting permethrin on yourself, is to check yourself after you've been outdoors. And the reason for that is is that most of the diseases that everybody has fear of from ticks, it takes a long time for them to be on your skin through biting before that disease is spread. Most of the time, it's like 24 to 48 hours Let's take Lyme disease, for example. That's been the most studied. That's one most people know, most people fear. Lyme disease takes up to 48 hours to be transmitted to you. Reason being, I'll try to to describe it in the most understandable way. Ticks are not diseased. They are getting diseases into their stomachs from a host previous to you. So let's say a tick, um, let's see, Lyme disease is usually carried by deer ticks. So let's do deer ticks. Deer tick bites a white field mouse. This field mouse has Lyme disease. It has the bacteria for Lyme disease. That bacteria goes down into the tick's stomach. The tick leaves its host. It leaves the mouse. Here, a couple days later, here you come along and you brush up against it and it gets onto you and it bites you. When that tick bites you, it's going to make a little wound and inside that wound, it's going to start pumping in its saliva. And a lot of people don't know this because we get asked this question, why do mosquito bites and tick bites itch? The answer to that is their saliva. Mm-hmm. They're not poisonous. They're not venomous. It's your uh, allergic reaction to their saliva. So some people don't affect, it doesn't affect them, and other people have huge red whelps. As it's injecting that saliva, it's preparing that site. Your, your body's going to start pumping blood to that site because it's a wound. Once the blood gets there, it's going to start getting its meal. It's going to start... Uh, real-life vampire, sucking your blood, right? Mm, As it's sucking your blood, it's getting its full stomach. Once the bacteria in its stomach is getting its meal of blood, it starts to reproduce. At some point, the saliva activity that's in your skin is going to go down, and the tick is going to have to stop feeding and pump more saliva into you. At that point, the bacteria that has multiplied because it had a blood meal is now in that second or third dose of saliva, and that's when it can be pumped into your body. But that we're talking the course of a day or two for that to happen. So if you took the initiative when you got home to check or have your spouse or family check for ticks, if you're able to get that off of you, 
you've almost completely negated the risk of getting diseases. Yes, get it off of you quickly. Right. Yeah, because there are some diseases that are faster than 48 hours. And we, and we have to be careful on that. So we were first talking about how do you guard yourself from getting them. Now we're talking about now that you've got them, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You definitely want to remove them. You want to get them off. You know, we joked in college when we'd go on backpacking trips, we would call it the buddy check, you know. But there are, there are areas that you can check by yourself. And there's going to be some areas, especially like on your back, back of your legs, that you can't. If you're a kid listening, have your parents definitely look, check those areas out. If you got a really good friend, especially on your backpacking trip, sometimes you may have to have your friends look back there to really make sure that you have no ticks because mm-hmm. that is so important. Once you've been in an area where you've discovered you've had ticks or seen ticks, do a tick check. That is so important. Once you found that it is attached to you, you want to remove it. And this is where it kind of gets crazy because you can go to stores, you can go to Amazon, you can buy tick removers. They have <laughs> tweezers, all kinds of crazy gadgets to remove ticks. Brian, how many ticks do you think you've pulled off of your own self? Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. Right, thousands. thousands. You have to be careful because when removing a tick, you never want to leave behind the head. Correct. When you're pulling that tick off, the head can stay. Now we're not only talking about disease, we're talking about an infection that can take place, get you more sick. Removing the tick is very simple. I'm going to use my fingers, and I'm going to gently grab the tick and lift. Mm-hmm. As you start lifting, if he's been on there for a while, now if, if it just attached, you can pretty much pull them right off, and you're good to go. If it's been on there for you for a little while, it will, its head is embedded into your skin, right? And your skin will start to what's called tinting. Right. It will raise up. You don't want to overpull because if you do, now you can detach the head from the body and now we have a bigger problem. So if you see the tick and you go to grab it and you go to gently pull it off and it isn't coming off easy, then that's when you might want to move into a tool. Tweezers, but never, ever, ever. I've had people tell me the craziest stories. They've stuck duct tape over it. They people say they've burned them off. I've had people that say they've taken a lighter and held <laughs> it up to it. Here's what I say about a lighter. It's good to do after you get it off. Yeah, 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 burn them once they're off. Yeah. If, if you're trying to hold the light up to you, not only burning your own skin, a tick will actually regurgitate yeah. all that back in you. Whatever it has in you, regurgitate all that in you to release to come off like you were talking about. As you're heating that up, uh-huh. it's wanting to get away. So again, t- sometimes people have used a credit card to kind of help remove. The key is, is once you remove the tick, make for sure the head is out. Right. If it's out, then you are good to go in removing that tick. I sometimes smash them between my fingernails. Sometimes I find two rocks and give them a good gouge, but I do make sure they're dead. Yeah, and and two things I want to point out to remember is you want to get a hold of that tick as close to your skin as possible because if you're grabbing and you're pinching the body of that tick, you're literally like shooting what's in it back into your body. So you want to try to get that uh, as close to the skin as possible Mm -hmm. by that head. Make sure you're getting the head. Make sure you're not shooting everything back into you. Also, some people use rubbing alcohol um, to get the tick to back out, and that does work because it actually prevents them from breathing the way the insects breathe, but you have to apply so much of it and and readily apply it over and over again to get them to back out. Um, so that's not a, a great option. The best is just to pull it close to your skin and it get is. it out of there. Most first aid kits have the cheap tweezers right. too. A lot so. of them I can just scratch, just scratch yeah. right off. Real but again, close to skin. ones that well, even tiny ticks. So real quick, let me talk about the life stage of a tick. So yeah. you have you have your egg, then you have larva, nymph, and adult. In the in the larva stage, they only have six legs. When they get into the nymph stage, they move into eight, which makes them arachnid. 
I did discover, had no idea that a tick was arachnid until today. So that was a new discovery for me. So excited to learn that. Yeah, like but, a spider. Like a spider. Yeah. Exactly. So when it's a larva. Yes, thank you. When it's a larva, at that stage, they are tiny, tiny, tiny. Take a needle, look at the head of that needle. They can be that tiny. And for a lot of us that have been out in the outdoors, we have been walking through and seen what today we call seed ticks. I'm talking thousands, possibly even thousands on thousands mm-hmm. in one spot on your body. That is not a fun feeling when you look down and just see tiny little dots everywhere. Well, it used to ruin my trips. Yeah. Because how do you get, when you're day two of a backpacking trip and you're, and you're covered in, in these what's called seed ticks, how do you get them off yeah. of your eyes? Past so, tense, used to. Used to, that's right. So Because you use? Permethrin. Permethrin, that's, that's right. right. Exactly. Um, why I'm sharing this, though, is in that stage, in that larval stage. That isn't a species of tick, seed tick. That is when it's in the larval stage as mm-hmm. for, after it hatches. So you have these tiny, itty-bitty baby ticks. Yeah, it's not its own species. It's not. Yeah. Uh, there's 850 species of ticks. This isn't one. This is just a baby. It could be a baby of any species. Baby of any of these species. So I have now, we did talk about permethrin not spraying it directly on your skin, but I do carry that permethrin with me. Um, there's two types. You have the aerosol permethrin, and then you have a pump, pump, squeeze, um, trigger, aeros- or a pump, squeeze, trigger, whatever you want to call that type of permethrin in a bottle. Right. And I have directly sprayed it onto my skin when I get into the, I'll call it the hordes of seed ticks. I was going to say, I only recommend doing that once they're all over you because if you kind of have that overwhelming feeling of how am I going to get these off? I've tried duct tape. Yeah. Even hopping in in the shower and taking a shower sometimes doesn't even get them off. I've literally had to sit there and just pick. I've been on backpacking trips where I had to, I jumped in the creek and was just never feel like you get them all. No, I took a rock and I was just scrubbing up and down, like get off. This permethrin kills them. So once you kill them, you wash them off. Yeah. I mean, literally give it one minute on there and then go wash your body, wash it off. If it's good for scabies, it's good for ticks. That's exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> and again, if, if we're applying a topical uh, solution to even infants with that, I'm going to I'm gonna feel pretty confident that it is safe enough for me to, to take care of that because right. I do not want those ticks attaching to me. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's really good. Hopefully you guys can <laughs> use some of that to to help prevent your tick-borne illnesses or even having ticks. I want to jump back to mosquitoes for a minute. Yeah. Um, there there are some very simple things you can do to protect around areas that you know you're going to be a lot. Maybe your house or a friend's house that you go to, whatever it is, to, to prevent being bit by mosquitoes or them even being there. And really, they love water. They have to have water to reproduce. So if you're minimizing areas that have what's called stagnant water, meaning it's not moving, so... Um, puddles, mm-hmm. uh, ponds, you can't really do anything about. Paint but, buckets you've left out, five-gallon buckets. Uh, tires, old tires old if tires. they're outside, yes. uh, bird baths. They really only need a few drops. So even like a, if you had a water bottle cap full of water that had it in it, they could use that to reproduce. So wow. any kind of standing water, you don't want that around. So eliminate those, and you're going to eliminate, maybe not mosquitoes completely, but you're going to eliminate the females because they're looking for that water to reproduce. What's interesting about mosquitoes is that only the females suck blood Mm. so you've never been bit by a male mosquito male mosquitoes actually only consume plant matter they're gonna be kind of like a uh, butterfly Mm. looking for nectar and and plant sap females do the same until it becomes time in their life for egg production when they go to produce eggs they have to have a blood meal and so they're going to look 
for their blood meal, and then they're going to look for water to lay those eggs. That's good. So, so eliminate that water and eliminate then, and that it first. Be good. Yeah. yeah, and then you can get into wearing long sleeve. You know, quick story: learning how to become a guide, learning how to facilitate challenge courses, and during this training, we were in the uh, and basically in a creek bottom, mm-hmm. and it was getting. Uh, it was evening. It was, was evening. Time. Dry creek or flowing? Well, or? It was a dry creek, but it was definitely damp down there for okay, sure. So maybe a few puddles here and there. Could have been. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we had tire swings. There's all kinds of stuff where, where if, if you only need a cap full of water, <laughs> there's, then plenty there. there's thousands, right? Well, I'm sharing this is that we were trying to learn, train, study, and the mosquitoes just came out. And it was so overwhelming. I mean, they would land on you. I remember slapping the back of one of my uh, buddy's backs. Another guy slapped his back and killed five mosquitoes with one hit. It was so annoying. I finally broke down. I went and got my rain gear. I put my rain gear on, and I was super hot. So I was sweating. It was not yeah. comfortable, but I wanted to get away from these mosquitoes. And then I actually sucked the hood of that raincoat down to where all it was basically just my eyes were showing. Right. And kept me from getting bit. Now, was it uncomfortable? Yes. Was I sweaty? Yes. But even clothing can help you defend if you don't want to get into the chemical side and, and get into permethrin or DEET. Um, there's even thermocell. We've even tried thermocells. It mm-hmm. heats up a wafer, right. releases that. You know, I found that times that's effective. But I'm also inhaling that too, and I don't even really know what it is. Right. So once you and I really discovered that permethrin side, it works for us, both ticks and mosquitoes. I know mosquitoes are still going to buzz around me. I'm okay with that. But once they land on my clothing, I know it has an impact on them, and uh, correct, it makes it gives them more confidence to get out get outdoors. Yeah, that buzzing around your ears, I almost hate that worse than the bite. It's awful. They can't give me a disease when they're buzzing, but they can sure make my brain spin. The word I'm thinking is psychological here. Yeah, but it totally, totally it, messes it, with your brain. Overwhelms your mind. It overwhelms you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the show Naked and Afraid, there's several episodes where people have left and went home, not made it because mosquitoes just. And not because of the bites, just because they were swarming and it just... It, it can make you mad. Yeah. You know, I've been fishing down the Gulf. We went to Louisiana and super swampy. But mm-hmm. as we're fishing out there, we fish towards the evening and mosquitoes, and I'm not exaggerating, some of them look like the size of a quarter. I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But they were covering us, just covered. And if you would do one sweat on your leg, we were wearing shorts, you'd do one little sweat on your leg and smash, you'd have blood. Ugh. all down your leg Ugh. so you know we should have wore pants that would have helped us out i didn't know about permethrin at the time mm-hmm. but i would love to have combined permethrin with long sleeve shirts and, and that pants. must have been before you knew me and i shared my 100 percent foolproof way to not ever get bit by a mosquito tell me so remember they're attracted through carbon dioxide through mm-hmm. exhaling and through lactic acid in our sweat right Oh, I so see. So stop going breathing. Here. Quit breathing. And stop sweating and you'll be good. Hundred <laughs> percent foolproof. Maybe maybe you Is that proprietary or <laughs> maybe maybe you find some sort of uh, a one piece suit somebody get Let's it. Let's copyright that. There you go. So there there's other things you can do around your house too. And this is one that I've tried to uh, employ. If you live in an area that you're allowed to have foul. Uh, guinea hens mm-hmm. or chickens they do a great job just around your house if you have kids and you want to be able to go out in your yard um, and play and not worry about those you might have to step in a, a, some poop now and then but you won't get bit by a tick and they also are, are good at keeping the mosquito larvae and stuff at bay too that's great yeah even the old possum we talked about in one of our last episodes <laughs> even the old possum go get you a herd of, get you a herd of old tick possums, control. Huh? 
<laughs> you just see those all over around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a really interesting story that I want to share about ticks. When I was working as a field biologist and doing some field research, we used to do what's called a tick density study. And that's where I really had this awakening to, man, they're really attracted to carbon dioxide. That's what brings them to us. We did. We would take a white sheet, and we'd find an area that we wanted to study. We would take dry ice and put it underneath it. So as that dry ice is sublimating and going into uh, carbon dioxide, these ticks are being attracted to it. And then all of a sudden, you have a whole bunch of ticks on your white sheet. You can count really easily. You know the exact area of your sheet and how long it was there. And you can put that all into equation and, and do a uh, find out your tick density for that year. Because it changes from year to year depending on the environmental conditions. Right. Well, that's an awesome study. And carbon dioxide is what you were drawing them in right, with dry to that sheet. Yeah, dry Correct. ice. That's awesome. Um, you know, with ticks, you know, Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, one that that alpha gal syndrome. Oh, that's the one I fear the most, Ben. I know. Oh, I don't want that. I don't either. And and, and again, that's that's why I'm so passionate about sharing. Find what works for you. What works for us really well is permethrin. Get something to keep those ticks from from really even right ever having the opportunity to bite you. That that alpha gal. So I love venison, deer meat, and I love steak, and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. And it makes you allergic to red meat, and that that would that would really affect my life. Honestly, I mean it does it doesn't kill you, but it would change the way you eat for forever, and I dread ever having that. This this is happening to more and more people. I imagine people that are listening know people that actually have been bitten by this tick, what happens is they get an allergy from that tick. So they begin to get allergic. They are allergic right. to... It's not, a, it's not a bacteria or virus is what you're saying. Right. It, it's, it, basically, the tick bite um, stems this, this allergy in your body. Yeah, you're allergic to it. Yeah. And you can't eat meat. Matter of fact, people that have eaten red meat have almost died. Like, it, it can almost kill it's, you. Yeah, so it's serious become that allergic to it. So... You know, there are so many. I mean, get on the CDC's website. There are so many different diseases you can get from ticks and mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just two of the pests that we're talking about. Well, that's about. something pe- we get asked a lot about is uh, these diseases and what to look for and, and what to do. Um, the different species of ticks carry different diseases. Um, the Lone Star tick, which is the one with the white dot on its back, that's the easiest one to identify. That's going to be your one um, that carries ehrlichiosis. Mm. Um, that's a common disease that people get from that. It presents like the flu. So if you've had a tick bite and now it's like you have the flu, you need to go to the doctor. Um, the good news is you can get doxycycline and and it's a treatable disease. Um, the only way to know if the tick you were bitten by was diseased is for you to have it tested. Right. It's the only way to know. So if you are... Well, the only way to find out, otherwise you would get sick. Correct. Right. So you getting sick or you can, you can do what? You can have this uh, tick tested, and if you want to freeze it and wait till you get sick, or if you get sick, I shouldldn't say when, uh, you can send that frozen tick off and, and get it tested, and they'll be able to tell you, um, yes, you this tick had this disease, and that's probably why you're experiencing the, these symptoms. So it is helpful if you, for some reason, have symptoms from a, a, a tick bite to know what disease that you have so that they can treat it, because a lot of these diseases are hard to diagnose. They are. But if any time that you're starting to feel feverish, chilling, you know, this is after a tick bite. Yeah. Um, aches and pains, um, even the crazy rashes that mm-hmm. come up. 
Yeah, for Lyme disease, a lot of people will draw, take an ink pen and draw around the, the tick bite to see if that red target area grows outside. Right. And if it does start expanding, the red... Go to red the doctor. Get, yeah, go get seek the doctor, help. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, so I want to I wanna ra- wrap up by leaving people with a creepy crawly story. This is one that affected me. Okay. So I was working um, as a... We'll say a wildlife supervisor was actually my title. Wildlife supervisor. I was taking care of big game, white-tailed deer, elk, bison. Well, it was all high-fenced area, so these animals are living in this high-fenced area, so a lot of hosts, right? Um, And I was new to the position, and there hadn't been a whole lot done uh, with pesticides there. Animals had a lot of ticks on them. We were starting to address that. Well, I one day walked through um, the deer enclosure, the white-tailed deer enclosure, uh, the grass in there, we'll say 10 to 12 inches high. I had gotten out of the Jeep that I was driving. It was a really dark, dark green colored. It was hot, hot July day, probably close to 100 degrees. And I looked down at my jeans, and I was, it was like my jeans were moving. And it wasn't sea ticks. I mean, they were full-size wow. ticks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I have to get them off of me before they're on my skin. So I sat there, and one by one, picked these ticks off of my jeans and I counted because I had this curiosity you know I'm a numbers guy how many is actually on me and as I picked them I found this out I set the first one up there on the hood of that jeep and the hood of that jeep was so hot it sizzled (laughs) the tick and I thought well that's a good way to make sure they're dying so one after one I set it up and sizzled it on top of the hood of that jeep and by the time I was done I had picked off 73 73 73 sizzling little arachnids on top of the hood of that jeep that's a lot of ticks it is and that's a you know how would you treat that out in the field like that you were talking about how did you treat it what was it that you used out in the field to kind of minimize that for you and for the wildlife so going forward obviously realized it had a a huge problem but um user sprayer tank and so as i was uh spraying herbicide i mixed in permethrin the right. pesticide permethrin in with my herbicide. So uh, dual purpose. We're spraying weeds and we're spraying uh, pests all at once. And that did a great job of that. You could probably tell that we're pretty passionate about permethrin. Mm-hmm. We, we believe it don't works. Don't use anything else. I don't I don't use anything else. We don't use anything else currently. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Um, there is one downside to permethrin that I, I feel we need to share and talk about. And, okay. and let, let you guys know that <clears throat> permethrin can have an impact on other species that that we are going to come in contact with when we're in the outdoors i'm really glad yeah you remember to share this it's active in the water Mm -hmm. right yeah so anytime that you're applying permethrin always do it away from any water source right you know that has living life in it for sure it affects fish yep yep but as long as it's dry you're good so if you spray it on your jeans or your pants and it's dried and binded to your clothing binded to those uh, molecules you can walk through water and it's not going to leave you. The same way we can put it in our washing machine and it's still sticking on our clothes. It's not right. washing out through the lines. And that's why we, I love permethrin because it does stay in that clothing for mm-hmm. so long, like we've talked about. But if you were to apply it out by the river, out by the creek, you out by the do lake, that, right. you shouldn't be doing that because it, it can kill other Organisms, animals. Yeah. That uh, it can harm other animals and, and we don't want to do that. So that's why it's so awesome to your clothes soak at home then set it up to dry, and then once you put those clothes on around the outdoors, you're good to go. That really goes to any of these chemicals, any of these pesticides that we're talking about, repellents. Um, use them as they're directed, mm-hmm. and you're going to be safer. Um, so DEET 
is the high, highest likelihood of having a skin reaction to it. Um, but if you use it only on your clothes, then you're not going to have a skin reaction to it. And some, again, I said some bottles say put it on your skin and some say don't put well, it on your skin. That's what I was going to say. The, back when I was using DEET, I read the instructions and it says do not apply to skin. Right. Now, have they changed that or they could have. It's been a while since I've been using DEET. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys can take some of these tips and some of our stories and, and protect yourself and feel more comfortable to go outdoors. If you have questions about tick disease or permethrin, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, find us through social media. We are going to put a link in the show notes um, to the permethrin that we use. So if you want to click on that link and purchase, it will help the show. It'll also help you because you'll you'll have permethrin and be ready to use it next time you want to go outdoors and be protected. Also, we would love support for the show. So if you want to find our patreon it can be accessed through our link tree from our facebook or instagram um, and become a member we would greatly appreciate that support leave us a review and our rating on whatever platform you listen to help us move up the charts so more people can get these helpful tips and go out enjoy the outdoors like you guys are doing uh, we hope that you go find some permethrin apply it apply it to your clothes go out and enjoy the outdoors and we'll be back with a new episode on monday Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.